Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran, a ministry of Worship Generation Church in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Rejoice in a future for the next generation of kids with all the VBS stuff up on the walls and around us. It reminds us. But because our God is a blessing God and that all things work together for good and he's conforming us to the image of his son, we do rejoice. No thing that ever happens in our life is meaningless or random or fate. I love to watch TV shows from other countries in foreign languages. Always foreign languages is better because that's the language they speak with subtitles. You watch Russian movies or Chinese things or Korean things and French things. The French are classic when they make stuff. But so often in those societies, everything's, they'll mention God sometimes, but it's usually like fate. They always say like fate did this and fate brought us together. And it's like, oh, fate, fate, I've got cancer. You know, like, oh, fate, what do I do? And, like, and, and so, so often in these cultures that are not traditional biblical cultures like America, there, there's more of an appeal to fate and the randomness and the dumb luck of a trillion galaxies and it's all going wrong for you. But in Jesus' name, we never have to feel that way. There's a trillion galaxies and every planet and every asteroid has a name for it in God's kingdom and he knows the hairs on your head. There's no dumb luck there. There's nothing random. There's just divine design and purpose. There's just divine destiny. Like Jeremiah 1, before I formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you ever conceived, I knew you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Paul said to the, church of, uh, to the people of Athens that God predetermined when we'd be born, where we'd be born, and who we'd be when we're born. And there's no one like you. There is no randomness to our life, and therefore there's absolute purpose, and there's gladness in the journey, because whatever happens is working together for good to those who are letting God do the work. We're all meant to be a work of art, and reminded of that tonight on this anniversary service for our church. Wherever we go, and all the people that have come and gone before us, and those that will come in the future, like many of you have come here in the last few years. You're, we're all works of art under construction. Isn't that beautiful? Like all these colors. Like a, we're, like an, we're like an art gallery. We're like Catherine's the Great Museum in St. Petersburg. We're just something for all eternity that's going to be on display, what we let God do in our life when we live the life of faith and trusted in him. Because we're his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus before the world even began to glorify him as a unique work of art. And our faith will bring, it through, bring us through it all. And therefore, we can live a life of joy and gladness because God is a blessing, God, and we're looking into Jesus. We're not looking at the afflictions and the trials and what goes wrong with anger and fear and anxiety and frustration, but we're looking to Jesus. And we're seeing everything through the prism of faith, through the loving hands and calling of the Savior. Jesus said, I spoke these things that your joy might be full. The New Testament tells us to rejoice always, to be joyful in all things. It's like Henry Ford said once, if you think you can't, you won't, but if you think you can, you will. And obviously there's things we can't do, we just can't make things happen, but it's a self-determination. If you choose to see things through the eyes of faith and through the promises of God, your worldview is going to be pretty sweet. And you're going to come through everything. But if you see things through the eyes of unbelief, 
You're going to see things through this perspective that, oh, woe is me, it's against me. You're going to be like Eeyore coming to church. Oh, there's enough of them already. Don't be one. Be like Tigger. <laughs> yeah, like, like be like Tigger in Winnie the Pooh. Don't be like Eeyore. Bring the joy. Find the blessing. Get his presence. Get his power. Stand on those promises. Go forward in his power. Have his peace rule in your heart. Get the blessings and live it. This is the Christian life. This is why Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave. Not that we wouldn't have afflictions, but we'd find joy and peace in the midst of those afflictions. Because it rains on the just and the unjust. Through many tribulations, we must inherit the kingdom of God. There is no one that gets to 80 in the human experience that doesn't get beat up by testings, trials, tribulations, and tragedy. So we have to decide early on, or even fix it later on, how we see it. And we want to see things with gladness. To see that the Lord is over it all. Go get it with gladness. Also, we see that David brought it to the people. There in verse 13, it says, And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all of his might. David was very secure in his own skin, right? I said this before. He's a great singer, songwriter, actor, and dancer. You see that? David has all four of them. He's, he's, a, he's a songwriter. He's a musician. He's the actor. He, he pretended madness, and everyone believed him. He was in character, like... <laughs> Since his, he, he got the job on the casting call, the madman in the gates of Achish, you got the job, man. You nailed it. No more. We don't need to cast anybody else. You're the perfect madman. And then he's the dancer. He's worthy before the Lord. You bring it to the people. It's important for you as parents to show the joy of the Lord in your home. And it's important for you men to quit being angry and frustrated and show the joy of the Lord to your wife. No woman wants to be married to a negative, angry, frustrated man. Amen? Amen? Listen, if your wife wants to be frustrated by people that are angry and frustrated and have anxiety, they can, your wife can just turn on the TV and watch anyone's news. Your house should be a sanctified place, a place to be of refuge, a home, a place of peace. Your kids, your kids get beat up at school like you, spiritually, emotionally, just like you do at work. And like, You want to be a blessing. You want to lead the people in obedience, carry the ark the right way on the poles. And if you obey the Lord and do it his way, carry the ark on the poles. Show your parents, show your family, show your children obedience. Show them how you carry the ark. We don't just do, we just don't put the ark on a cart and say, hey, we do what we want. That's how it is right here. No, you get the priest, you get the Levites, you get the Kohathites, and you put that ark on that golden pole and they carry it the way God said to. Get the blessings. Get all the blessings on the house of Obed-Edom. Carry the ark the right way. Obey the Lord the right way. Obey the Lord in your marriage. Obey the Lord in your personal life, in your private life, in your public life. Get those blessings upon you and your marriage and your children or your singleness or whatever your life is. Get them on you and keep them on you. Obey the Lord. Do it God's way. The will of the Lord isn't that mysterious. It just requires obedience. And that's the challenge so often that we have. And I speak for myself as well. And lead the people in thanksgiving. Six steps. I mean, like, this was a long parade. Hey, I heard the 4th of July parade is going to happen in Huntington again. I just found out today. I've missed it for the last couple of years. Anyone missed the 4th of July parade in Huntington the last couple of years? I look forward to normalcy this 4th of July. Where, even though they're going to blow everything up and my dog's going to have to take Benadryl. 
I look forward to the return of the 4th of July parade on Main Street. Because what they did the last couple of years was just so weird and dysfunctional. Oh. Six paces. Like, so you think of the Huntington Parade. It starts on there by the pier. They line up and they come up Main Street and they end up you know, by, over there by uh, the police department, the police station, all that, Huntington High. Can you imagine these guys like six feet? <laughs> just the sacrifice is six feet. It's like the sacrifice shuffle. Like, whoo. You know, just, and David's like, he's just spinning. Like, I mean, he can spin. Like, you get dizzy. Listen, trust me, you spin you long enough, you get dizzy, right? We all know that. He's just spinning. Like, priests are doing what they were doing. David's like, whoo. And it just, everyone's, you know, everyone's free of what other people think in this story, too, aren't they? So, so many people are so careful about protecting their brand and their image, what everyone else thinks. Forget about it. No one cares. I'll give you a lesson I learned about dancing in the park. No one cares. Dancing in the beach. Nobody cares. You think everyone's going to look at you when you dance on the beach? People don't even care. It's 2022. No one cares you're dancing in the park. I dance in this park. There's people playing tennis, people playing the swings. I'm like, oh, there's a guy dancing. They just walk right by. <laughs> Nobody cares. I watch all these dancers all over the world, and they're dancing the subway. They're dancing the streets of Shanghai. Nobody cares. It's a universal human thing. People don't care for dancing. So why do you worry what people think? We get so worried about what people think. David was so secure in his skin with the Lord. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, sure, David cares what people think. He cares what people think, but not that much. I feel like it's how I want to approach things in life. Like, I, I do care what people think. I just don't care that much. Recently, someone from Calvary Christian me said to Jennifer, you know, I love your husband because he just doesn't, he just doesn't give a rip. That's literally what he said. He doesn't, he doesn't give a rip. And Jennifer's like, well, thank you. <laughs> I do, but I, in a lot of ways I don't. Because I've had Michael out inside the window against me my whole life. You've had Michael in the window taunting you your whole life. There's always someone who's critiquing who you are, how you look, how you dress, how you comb your hair, what you wear, what you live, what you do for a job, your gender, ethnicity, your age, everything. Remember I told you, years ago I got a 29-page letter attacking everything about me as a person from a congregant who had left, <laughs> right? Uh, that all goes together. Um, make sure the pastor knows exactly what you think when you leave. Write him a 29-page letter. To this person's credit, he did apologize, and he's very embarrassed about it to this day. But I always say there's something on page 28 that was worth reading. There was something on 28. But I have to tell you, and if he's here, because he comes occasionally, he'd be embarrassed. Not about, but he's like, your hair, your hairstyle is terrible. Now, listen, this one I had short hair on the G.I. Joe cut. Now, since I have a long hair, every grandmother in, in worship generation empire wants to critique my haircut since I've had long hair. So every grandmother tells me, oh, Joe, you need to cut your hair. Like, you think you're the first one that told me that. It's my hair. I want my hair I want to. Brady Bunch, Pete Brady, the middle child, 1973. I said, look, I'm going for Right, Joanne? I was supposed to get a cut a couple weeks ago. I didn't get it, so it's getting a little longer. But, you know, I'm glad I didn't. I kind of like the summer vibe. I got some new shades, a new charger hat. I got that June summer vibe going, and I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to stumble you in the word, and I'm not going to stumble you in character. So, hey. Michael's going to always be in the window saying, hey, what are you doing out there? What are you going to do? There's a Michael in your life always. God says you can, and there's someone right out in the left ear, and if it's not Michael, it's the devil himself. No, you can't. So just get comfortable and lead the people in joy. Lead the people you lead 
Lead your neighbors in the joy of the Lord. Bring a smile, bring joy. Got new neighbors? Bring them a, bring them a gift basket. Welcome to the neighborhood. Got old neighbors leaving? Tell them thank you and think of all the good things they were for you and the blessings they were. Show the world that you know how to rejoice in the Lord. That's what we've tried to do here for 17 years. That's what I've been trying to do for 34 with Jesus. That's what we want to do. I want, to, I want people to look at my life and say, that person had the joy of the Lord. Under construction, just like David. And it's interesting because you think of a story like this. You go, what a beautiful story in David's life. I mean, what an incredible day. This is a beautiful day. And there's a lot of bad days that came after this, right? Like, just, let's be honest. There's a lot of bad days. We're going to get them in, in 2 Samuel. But you know what? You can't let a bad day in the future keep you from enjoying a great day in the present. Was it? Dr. Seuss, don't be sad that it's over. Be glad that it happened. I don't have time to worry about a bad day in July. What if I step into eternity on June 26th? Why would I fret over July? You just, just got to be in the moment. You just have to enjoy the moment with the Lord and enjoy the journey. He, he led them in singing and dancing and praising. His freedom to be secure in his skin with his faith and his joy of the Lord was evident to everybody and everyone else could come along that wanted to come along. Hey, you want to be part of this parade? You know, that's the beauty of the Huntington Parade, by the way. You get some real, <laughs> you get a real dog and pony show from the citizens of Huntington Beach. Because they think they're in the parade too, right? If you ever watch the parade, they, you know, every crazy person that's like got a skateboard or a bike, they're like, hey, look at me over the parade. No, you're not. But in your own world, you're in the parade, so I'll dance with you, right? Like, like during the parade, be a part of the parade. The parade of rejoicing and gladness and joy and the blessings of the Lord. Get in line. Let the priests do what they're doing. Let David, that's just how he dances. Just let David do what he's doing. And get in line, start singing, praising, and rejoicing in the Lord. People get so excited over sports teams and politicians. We can and should be excited about the Lord. And I know we usually, usually have five gears of praise. We're usually like gear two or three. But tonight, a little more like fourth and fifth gear. Here's the right place, right time. It's a beautiful thing. And David is leading the people. Whoever you lead on planet Earth, show them that you have joy in the Lord. Show them that you're rejoicing in the Lord. Show them what the joy of the Lord looks like, which means you have to go find it yourself. You can't bring the blessing and show the blessing if you don't know the blessing. So find it. Go get your hustle on and go up to the house of Obed-Edom and get that blessing he's got and bring it to your life and bring it to your city. He took it from the house of Obed-Edom and he brought it to the city of David to all the people of Jerusalem. In other words, he expanded. He expanded the blessing. He took a blessing that was a private blessing, like the gospel, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Private, Jewish, by the end of the book of Acts, it's everybody, all planet earth. A private blessing in the house of Obed-Edom, let's take this to the ends of the earth. That's, that's what David's doing. He's elevating. He's expanding the blessing. And that's how we need to see our journey on planet Earth, that the blessings are expanding in our life and they're expanding through our life to the people we love, the people we share the journey with most closely and intimately, and to our strangers, strangers around us, and even the people that would come against us. He threw a big feast, and if there's one thing that you can put over this entire day, 
because it says again there later on in verse 16 that you know David's leaping and whirling before the Lord and, and they got more burnt offerings and he's blessing the people and they're distributing stuff. He's sowing bountifully. It's just, it's a great day to be in the kingdom. And the man with the heart for God is showing his entire nation that he's a king of, his constituents. This is how we do Jesus on planet Earth in 1000 AD, 1000 BC. This is how we do it. This is how we do Jesus. There, there's, there's plenty of times in your life where you're going to cry, but this is not that day. Not today. This day, we've got the joy of the Lord, and we need to recognize those things when they go our way. And finally, there is the unfortunate warning of Michael, because she's, she's watching a beautiful event. She is watching, let me say this, without exaggeration. This woman is watching one of the most beautiful events in human history. What could you measure it by? This is the King David being established, bringing the Ark of the Covenant, the greatest archaeological thing that exists on planet Earth right now that people would love to find. The presence of the Lord. This is the day Jerusalem became the center of the universe, which it is to this day. This is that day. And this is the day where the people of covenant who are in covenant with God are rejoicing all the promises. This is that day. This is, if you live to see a day like this in the kingdom of God, it's it's great for us. This is that day. There's been a few harvest crusades I've been at at Anaheim where it was a real special night and you just full stadium, you felt the energy, all 40,000 people praising Jesus. You could feel that. It's special. This is beyond that. This is, you can't book a stadium and make this happen. This just, this is the way it went. And in this glorious time, here's a woman whose dad was the king. Here's a woman whose husband was the next king. Here's a woman whose brother was one of the godliest men you read about in the Bible, Jonathan. We almost forget that Michael's brother was Jonathan, who loved the Lord. Her brother was David's best friend. Her brother was her husband's best friend. And the commonality of Jonathan and David is they love the Lord and they made covenants of friendship with each other. We also know that David showed kindness to the house of Saul. David showed kindness to Saul when he could have taken his life. David showed kindness to Ishabeth when he, wasn't, he was going to let him exist with the new kingdom. When Mephibosheth came to live with him, the center of Jonathan, he gave him the most prominent place at his table. We talked about that Tuesday night. David was not against the house of Saul. David was for the house of Saul. And David would have been for Michael. There is a life that Michael could have had in the city of David. But on this day, it's not about David. It's about the Lord. She's not rejecting David. She's rejecting David's faith. She's not mocking David's dancing. She's mocking David's faith and heart for the Lord. She's despising his faith, his demonstration, his declaration, and his public acclamation of his Lord and Savior this day. So instead of being a part of the party, instead of being a part of the joy, a part of the blessings in this glorious day, she is just filled with bitterness, and she's throwing him under the bus. It says she despised him. God help people who despise the glorious day of the Lord. And there are people who absolutely just despise us, praising the Lord with Jeff Anderson leading worship tonight.
What are you going to do? What, what can you, you can't make Michael, you, you know, David's going to go home and he wants, it says that he wanted to bless his house. I didn't read the text. He returned to his household and he, he, he came to bless his house. He wants, so he brought the blessing to the nation. Now he wants to bring it home to his wife and, and to the house. She'll have none of it. She mocks him. It gets in this whole situation. And in the end, it says that Michael never had children to the day of her death. And may I say this? The world doesn't need bitterness to produce offspring. We don't need bitterness reproducing itself. We don't need another generation of bitterness in any family, in any home. Because the cross and the blood and the tongues of fire breaks the cycle of bitterness. It breaks the cycle of abuse and addictiveness. Faith always breaks the cycle of bitterness. We, we don't need Michael to have children that become as bitter as her and bring their bitterness to another generation. Michael is toxic. And you know, it's kind of hard to have romance and love with a toxic woman or a toxic man. She's toxic in her faith toward the Lord, and she's toxic toward her husband who demonstrates that faith in the Lord. She did it to herself. She did it to herself. And you know, Jennifer's like, I was talking with Jennifer about this. She's like, oh, gosh, you just hate to end with Michael. I do hate to end with Michael. It's like, it's like a happy party, you know? It's like, but just because she's in the window mocking doesn't mean happy feelings gone because the party's still going on. If we're in the city and people are dancing and doing all of a sudden they're playing the music and it's awesome and the food and the banquet and everything and David looks up there and she's just like, oh, and he's just like, what? He's like, oh, you know? Like, what are you going to do? Like, you stop twirling and it's like, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? You have to decide right then and there, are we going to let her stop our party with the Lord? Is her bitterness going to keep me from my responsibilities of leading these people in the joy of the Lord on this great day? Am I going to let her rob my joy with my Savior this day? The answer would be no. Their relationship was never the same after this day. And it wasn't because of her feelings toward him. Really, it was her feelings toward his faith in the Lord that he was praising. And that's why he said, oh, aren't you something dense for the young woman? He goes, you know, like, I did it before the Lord. I did it before the Lord. So don't get confused here. You're not attacking me. You're attacking my faith and expression of faith before the Lord. So let's get that straight at the dinner table tonight. And that was the end of it. There's always a bitter end for Michael. So let me just close with this thought. We cannot change Michael. If she wants to despise us, if there's people in your family that want to despise you because you love the Lord and you've got the joy of the Lord, there's nothing you can do about it. It just is what it is. But you can't let those people come into your city of David and take your joy in the city of David. You can't let them come into your headspace, your heart space, and your soul space and affect you in an adverse way that way. We can't ignore the fact that they're in the window and they're mocking us and despising us and there might be people that are very close to us in the most intimate level. But the heart belongs to the Lord. And we are called to love the Lord with our spirit, mind, soul, and body. All of our strength is the greatest commandment. So the little exhortation, this closing thought, is don't let that person, those people, who just aren't a part of it, stop you from enjoying it. You know, in the, la- in the book, The Last Battle, the final book of the Chronicles of Narnia, one of the last scenes is the dwarves 
And in the Chronicles of Narnia, the dwarves are, represent selfish people. The dwarves are always for the dwarves. That's what they say in the book, if you know the story. The dwarves are for the dwarves. So when they have to pick a side, they don't pick a side. The dwarves are for the dwarves. They don't pick this side or that side. The dwarves are for the dwarves. And what happens is they end up at the banqueting feast, and when everyone's enjoying this beautiful food at the banqueting feast, like we would, the things of the Lord, it tastes like cardboard to them and dirt. And they despise it, and they hate it, and they can't enjoy it. And that's why they don't go to heaven. Heaven is for people who love the Lord, praise the Lord, thank the Lord, serve the Lord, obey the Lord, and bless the Lord, and dance before him, and sing songs about him. And the people that are in the window that are scoffers, they wouldn't want to be there. They don't want to be there. And guess what? They're not. So praise the Lord that you praise the Lord. And rejoice in the Lord that you rejoice in the Lord. We are a worship generation. And we're going to keep praising his name. And we're going to keep singing. And we're going to keep going forward. And like David, we're going to get our hustle on and get after those blessings. All of them. Because life is short and I don't miss any of them for this timeline because it prepares me for the next one. And it's the same for you. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our church YouTube channel. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. For more information about Pastor Joey personally, you can follow him on his Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and God bless.